Welcome to Feeding the Flock and our expositions through the Old Testament book of Daniel. We are currently in chapter 10 at verse 10. Hi there, I'm Glendale Tony. I'm glad you joined me today for this Bible study. Let's begin reading, why don't we? In verse 10 of chapter 10 of the book of Daniel, where it says this, Then behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said to me, O Daniel, man of high esteem, understand the words that I am about to tell you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, Do not be afraid, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart on understanding this and on humbling yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia was withstanding me for twenty-one days. Then behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to give you understanding of what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision pertains to the days yet future. When he had spoken to me according to these words, I turned my face toward the ground and became speechless. And behold, one who resembled a human being was touching my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke and said to him who was standing before me, O oh my Lord, as a result of the vision, anguish has come upon me, and I have retained no strength. For how can such a servant of my Lord talk with such as my Lord? As for me, there remains just now no strength in me, nor has any breath been left in me. Then this one with human appearance touched me again and strengthened me. He said, O man of high esteem, do not be afraid. Peace be with you. Take courage and be courageous. Now as soon as he spoke to me, I received strength and said, May my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Then he said, Do you understand why I came to you? But I shall now return to fight against the prince of Persia. So I am going forth, and behold, the prince of Greece is about to come. However, I will tell you what is inscribed in the writing of truth. Yet there is no one who stands firmly with me against these forces except Michael, your prince. In the first year of Darius the Mede, I arose to be an encouragement and a protection for him. As you notice, we kept reading at the end of chapter 10 all uh, into verse 1 of uh, chapter 11, because uh, that phrase, that uh, sentence there, seems to fit better, I believe, uh, with, the, uh, with the conversation that is already uh, taking place between this angel, this revealing angel, and Daniel. In this particular case, uh, he's not named, although we, we can uh, pretty logically assume that this is probably um, Gabriel continuing on in a different setting at a different time in revealing uh, things to Daniel, uh, just as he had revealed in chapter 9, the uh, 490 years worth of, of uh, prophetic history and uh, recorded that. Well, 
Here we find a new revelation taking place, and that revelation had to do with uh, what started in chapter 10 and uh, the first several verses there, and that was this vision uh, that uh, Daniel received uh, of this personage that uh, we can only conclude to be the Son of Man, and that one who had been uh, revealed earlier in chapter 7, and um, that is in uh, chapter 10, excuse me, and it says, it says uh, uh, earlier, it says, verse 5, I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, there was a certain man dressed in linen whose waist was girded with a belt of pure gold of Uphaz. His body was also was uh, like beryl. His face had the appearance of lightning. His eyes were flaming torches. His arms and feet like the gleam of polished bronze and the sound of his words like the sound of a tumult. And uh, as soon as... Uh, 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 Daniel saw this vision of uh, this son of man th- that uh, we understand to be the pre-incarnate uh, second person of the Trinity, according to our own New Testament understanding, and uh, uh, we know him as the son of God, but uh, he was also called the son of man, and previous to becoming a man, he had this uh, kind of uh, revelation that he gave to Daniel, which uh, gave um this uh, glorious appearance. And of course, uh, he retained that glorious appearance or that that glory all the way through his human existence and only let it out once. But uh, it was just one time on the Mount of Transfiguration. Even the resurrection itself didn't quite reveal this entire glorification of the second person of the Trinity. Not until the book of Revelation did John get a get an opportunity to see this person person now that we know as Jesus, as as, uh, God come in the flesh and now uh, resurrected and glorified and retained his position that uh, uh, was begun and revealed here in chapter 10. He was revealed earlier in the book as well, uh, right right after the Ancient of Days, and he he came before the Ancient of Days. And so this is another uh, revelation of this person. And this is such glory. This is such a, uh, a dramatic event that it has actual physical uh, disability upon Daniel. The physical unresurrected body of Daniel, uh, this, uh, it, it just couldn't take all that glory from uh, the revelation of, of, uh, of the pre-incarnate uh, Christ, you might say. And uh, that's uh, that's what's going on here. Now, at times, uh, God revealed himself in different ways. But here, uh, Daniel sees this. This is the same personage that was, uh, we believe, in the uh, in the fiery furnace with Daniel's three friends. And it was the one like the Son of Man walking around with them. There's four, uh, four people now in the fiery furnace. And uh, we believe that this is the the same person, and uh, it's a uh, it's a quite a uh, uh, a dramatic event because it, it it just saps all the physical energy out of Daniel, and so it says a hand touched me. Evidently, this was the hand of of an angel, 
And uh, this is what, and probably Gabriel, he touched me and, and at least brought him to his hands and knees. And uh, so uh, th- that's what goes on here now in this context. This is a continuation of this same scene. In fact, this same uh, scene and this same um, context continues all the way through the end of the chapter. So uh, this is one continuous uh, revelation, you might say, in several different scenes. And so now, Daniel being... Uh, uh, being uh, weakened by this vision, by this encounter with this glorious person. Uh, it's interesting that that the angel touches him, gives him a little bit of strength just to at least get on his hands and knees. And he says, uh, Daniel, man of high esteem. It's interesting that, that uh, this angel uh, that uh, we would normally see as a powerful, strong, uh, supernatural being in, from, from the other dimension, uh, he himself would have, uh, would have been uh, quite a thing to behold, perhaps. But uh, it, it seems as though a very natural revelation going on here that, uh, it, that Daniel isn't necessarily caught up with, with the glory of the angel as he was with the glory that was previously uh, revealed there uh, with the man dressed in linen and a belt of pure gold and his eyes were flaming torches. Uh, and, uh, and yet this is a different person here. This, we believe, is this angel that we know from chapter 9 as being um, Gabriel. And it says, so he gives Daniel his this amount of respect. Isn't it fascinating that this angel who is himself both supernatural and powerful and has glory all of its own, his own perhaps, uh, uh, and yet he gives Daniel this kind of respect because of uh, that's where Daniel was in, his, in the spiritual realm. Even angels understood Daniel's prominence and Daniel's um, uh, character. He says, understand the words that I'm about to tell you and stand upright for I'm a, I have now come, been, that is, I have now been sent to you. So evidently, this person that Daniel just had seen in verses uh, 5 and 6, that person, the second person of the Trinity, had sent forth the um, this angel to give Daniel this revelation. And so he is on this mission. And he had been on a different mission. That's what's interesting, you see. This angel had been on a different mission. We're about to see some of that, uh, at least a glimpse of it here. And, and yet now he's been sent to Daniel to give him this this extra uh, um, amount of truth, this extra amount of prediction and prophecy. And so he says, uh, he says, do not be afraid. Uh, uh, Daniel stood up after that. See there <laughs> in verse 11, he says, I stood up trembling. He was on his hands and knees. Now he's got, he's got up on his feet, but he's still shaking like a leaf. And he says, uh, the, uh, the angel then says, do not be afraid, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart on understanding this and on humbling yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to your word. 
words. So this has taken this angel three weeks to get there. But what's interesting is that that's exactly the time frame of Daniel's fasting. Look back in uh, chapter uh, 10 earlier in verse 2 and 3. It says, in those days I, Daniel, had been mourning for three entire weeks. We're not told exactly the source of Daniel's grief, but he had been grieving. Evidently, he was grieving, perhaps, over the previous revelation of the uh, the 70 weeks of years. But now, for these three weeks of days, he's been grieving over this. And uh, it says, three entire weeks, and I did not eat any tasty food, nor did uh, meat or wine enter my mouth, nor did I use any ointment at all until the three, that is, until the entire three weeks were completed. So, so it's interesting, you see, that that this angel had been sent to Daniel to give him these additional words of prophetic uh, 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 predictions, and uh, he did so um, in this three-week period. That's how long it took him to get there. And uh, so it's very important, I believe, uh, how much time we spend in prayer, and especially perhaps in prayer and fasting, uh, that our prayers influence the supernatural creatures and their assignments that they have been given, because this this angel has been taken off of his assignment in order to give these words to Daniel. And, and so that should be an encouragement to Daniel. That should be a source of strength for Daniel, and that's why he's telling him this. He says, he says uh, uh, for, uh, that from, from the beginning, this has been uh, the case, and the prince of Persia was withstanding me for 21 days. And, uh, and so now he's been relieved of this assignment so that he could go to Daniel. Because why? Because this other angel by the name of Michael shows up. And uh, we'll get back to that right after this short break. Enjoy the musical interlude. in verse 13, and we're talking about some of these items here in detail. It says, but the prince of the uh, kingdom of Persia was withstanding me for 21 days. And we talked about the, those length of days corresponded exactly to the length of Daniel's uh, fasting and prayer that he'd committed himself to earlier in chapter 10. But 
I wanted to comment and uh, make clear that when he talks about the prince of the kingdom of Persia, he's not talking about a human prince or a human king of Persia here. He's talking about an angelic prince, or in this case, I believe, this would have been a fallen uh, angel. This would have been some sort of demonic power, Um, perhaps even Satan himself. I'm not quite sure, but all I know is that uh, verse 13 talks about this prince. Somehow, how Gabriel, or this, uh, in this case, uh, we only assume that it's Gabriel. Uh, this could be a different angel, but I think it still is Gabriel. And uh, and yet he is he is in some sort of a skirmish, some sort of a battle with the uh, this evil spirit that is in control of the kingdom of Persia. So that evidently there are these angelic beings and these supernatural fallen beings, uh, these uh, demonic type beings that are, are in Satan's control, and they are trying to manipulate the things of earth, the things of the kingdoms of the earth, not just individual temptations, but the actual uh, uh, monarchies and the actual dictators. And uh, those who are in charge of entire uh, realms of, uh, of human kingdoms. And so there's something going on in the unseen world. And that is what some people would call a, a spiritual warfare. Uh, and and yet here, I, I would rather just call this the, the battle of angels. And and yet, because I'm, I'm not sure about uh, uh, Daniel being engaged in these supernatural events, but it is true that Daniel's prayer and fasting evidently influenced the assignments of the angel, because the angel now has been sent to Daniel and taken out of this this battle with the uh, the prince of Persia, this evil spirit that was in control of the kingdom of Persia, or at least trying to influence the things of Persia. And it's and so uh, he says, "I was relieved. I was relieved when Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me." There are only two named angels in the entire Bible, by the way. One of them is Gabriel, and we met him in chapter 9, and this may very well be him here in chapter 10, although he remains anonymous here in this chapter, and yet he does name Michael, the other angel that is named in the uh, uh, in the Bible. And in fact, Michael plays a, a pretty important uh, part in uh, other things uh, in the... Uh, in, in the biblical story. So it says then that he came to help me, for I had been left there with the kings of Persia. So uh, evidently, uh, Gabriel was, was alone in this battle until Michael came to relieve him of duty so that he could go and deliver this message back to Daniel. And that's what's being played out even now. See, because according to Isaiah, Chapter 24, verse 21 says, So it will happen that in that day that the Lord will punish the host of heaven on high and the kings of the earth, uh, the kings of the earth on the earth. So there is there is a recognition by God Himself that there is a judgment both of the fallen angels and the good angels, but there's also a judgment of the kings of the earth. That somehow in this one sentence in Isaiah, that the both are connected somehow together in this judgment, and it, it's acknowledged as such. We find in Ezekiel chapter 28 that uh, that 
There is this speech given toward, and it's directed toward the king of Tyre in uh, Ezekiel 28, verses 11 through 19. I'm not going to read the entire uh, chapter or the entire uh, passage, that is, but it does say that, uh, that he's talking to the king of Tyre, and he says, say to him, thus says the Lord God, you had the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and per- perfect, perfect in beauty. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You, you corrupted your wisdom by reason of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I put you before kings that they may see you. And this, this continues on, uh, uh, through this entire uh, 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 paragraph in Ezekiel chapter 28. And we believe that this isn't just uh, an address to a physical human king that reigned over the kingdom of Tyre, but rather this is Satan himself. And there is a, a review of his spiritual history and of, uh, of this event of God judging him and uh, throwing him out, so to speak, even though uh, he's still allowed certain kinds of privileges, yet he will one day be completely judged in the final uh, judgment. And yet here, uh, we find that uh, these kingdoms uh, have these uh, angelic princes, and they're not—they're not, they're not uh, good angels. They are fallen angels. They are what we would might call demons. But it says, uh, it says then that Michael came and relieved him. And he says, for I had been left there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to give you understanding of what will happen to your people in the latter days. And I did uh, need to mention the fact that, that when, when the, this angel mentions the latter days here, it, it's not the same that Daniel would never have understood it the same way in which we would today. Uh, we kind of think of it in terms of, of, uh, 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 the end times and what we now know to become the end times later in our history that's been predicted by by the some of these passages in Daniel as well as the book of Revelation and we think about the those end times and those uh, final days and yet Daniel wouldn't have understood it quite that way and it means it refers to the entire spectrum of human history and human um, empires from the time that uh, 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 the Jewish people re- were released to go back to Jerusalem, and uh, and the Persians were responsible for that of releasing them and uh, giving authority at various times for various things to take place, like the rebuilding of the temple or the rebuilding of the wall. And so th- then, from that that time on, these are all the latter days. These are the things that are being prophesied and given to Daniel. And that's what the vision applies to. What are the days yet future as far as Daniel is concerned, as far as his people are concerned from this point forward? And that's what the the, uh, prophecy is about to take place. He says in verse 15, when he had spoken to me according to these words, I turned my face to the ground and became speechless. So this is still kind of a grueling physical experience for uh, for Daniel to go through in in this 
conversation with a supernatural being. And behold, he says in verse 16, uh, one who resembled a human being was touching my lips. That's what angels appear to be when they make their appearance to fellow human beings or to to uh, uh, persons on earth. They become uh, uh, familiar uh, to them as far as what they see. And so they see them as human beings. And that's, uh, that's kind of a surprise, but sometimes that's the only way to take it all in. And they, they kind of know that perhaps, and they, uh, uh, they adapt to the environment of, of uh, human environment. And so that's part of the technique, you might say, of relieving Daniel's fears. This is an important thing. You, you can't lose Daniel here by by letting him just faint off into uh, into oblivion. He's got to remain um, uh, conscious, and so that's what he's what's what he's doing here. He says, uh, uh, then. I opened my mouth and said to him who was standing before me, O my Lord, as a result of the vision, anguish has come upon me, and I have retained no strength. I think the vision he's talking about is perhaps uh, related to the 490 years in chapter 9, but I think also it's related to the fact that he got to saw and got to see. (laughs) He got to see the the, the second person of the triune God, we would call him, this, uh, this amazing revelation. Uh, of uh, the Son of Man in verses uh, uh, 5 and 6 of chapter 10. So because of that, he's still weak. And so he, and, he, and he still refers to the uh, angel. He says, for how can such a servant of my Lord talk with such as my Lord? So he says, how can we even have this conversation between us because of what I've experienced here? And uh, th- this has taken everything to just be here. And he says, the breath has left me. My strength has left me. And what's interesting is the angel doesn't give up. He says, this one with human appearance touched me again and strengthened me. He said, oh man, no- notice his touch is enough to strengthen him. And then his words are enough to strengthen him. He says, O man of high esteem, do not be afraid. Peace be with you. Take courage and be courageous. So his words encourages Daniel. Now, as soon as he spoke to me, I received strength and said, may my Lord speak for you have strengthened me. Then he said, do you understand why I came to you? See, this is an important um, thing because uh, this a supernatural being had been called off duty in his realm of uh, doing battle with the prince of Persia in order to give Daniel this message. And so, uh, so he says, I, but he says, but I shall now return to fight against the prince of Persia. So I am going forth and behold, the prince of Greece is about to come. So now he introduces this other battle when, and of course, this isn't uh this isn't a reference to the the literal uh, Alexander the Great uh, as a human being, but this refers to the to the demonic power, or that is the angelic power, and in this case probably the fallen angel that is in control of the kingdom of Greece because it is about to come, and that is a foretaste of what chapter eleven is all about. He says, however, I will tell you what is inscribed in the writing of truth. Because, you see, the written words of God are the truth. They are the truth. Now, later on, Jesus, when he comes to earth as a human being, he says, I am the truth. 
the way, the truth, and the life. And so uh, it is important, at least for Daniel, to know that these words were true words. They are the truth to be spoken, to be recalled. He says, yet uh, there is no one who stands firmly with me against these forces except Michael, your prince. And evidently, uh, this angel named Michael has a connection at least to uh, to Daniel, maybe to, to Daniel's people, the Jews. Maybe Michael is the Jewish uh, prince that stands for the Jewish people. And maybe uh, maybe he's been assigned to uh, to do his battle with with the prince of Persia so that Gabriel can be released now to give these words to Daniel. And he says then in chapter 11, verse 1, in the first year of Darius the Mede, I arose to be an encouragement and protection for him. So, uh, Gabriel says, I've been on this assignment for quite some time now because it was important for me to be there. Now I am come to you, Daniel, because of your prayers. For the last three weeks, your fasting has now brought me off duty to give this communication to you. And Michael has stepped in in my place so that the spiritual realm is still under control by God uh, through your prayers and through your fasting and through our exchange here together. And may you receive strength because of the words of truth that you will receive. And that is Gabriel's message to Daniel. And uh, that is what Daniel receives in chapter 11 and 12. And we will continue on with that as we continue on in future episodes in the book of Daniel. Thank you, Father, for these moments together in the scriptures, understanding the words that were given to Daniel and this exchange of conversation. We get such insight into the supernatural realm and what goes on in unseen ways uh, beyond the realms of human uh, governments and human nations. There are these things that are happening in invisible places and uh, somehow it's connected to your work, your history, your plan, and your response to our prayers. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to leave you with this verse today. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says this, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, in spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. I hope you enjoyed our presentation today. This is Glendale Tony. Join us again for the next episode of Feeding the Flock.